morning, Evelyn. Well, um, you could probably have heard I read that gospel with a kind of a fur almost, you know. I, I think I'm being true to Christ's words here. I mean, I think I, I brought the expression out and I'm trying to match the in, inflection and the tone of voice according to maybe the feeling that is being expressed here. Uh, Jesus is not super happy right here uh, in this passage. This is known as, um, this is Matthew 23, it's known as the eight woes. And it's very interesting. It's kind of like um, a mirror image of the eight Beatitudes. So Matthew begins, Christ's preaching career in Matthew begins with the Beatitudes. And so he's talking about uh, virtue in the Beatitudes, and then this is kind of like the other, the, the, the dark side of it, so to speak. He's talking about the vices, and he's speaking about the Pharisees, picking on the Pharisees. Um, and the Pharisees issue, uh, you know, St. John in his first epistle talks about um, what has come to be known in the tradition as the triple concupiscence, which is the, the, um, the, the nature of the sinful inclination that we're all infected with by virtue of original sin. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, or concupiscence of the flesh, concupiscence of the eyes, and the pride of life. So this is what's referred to as the triple concupiscence. Lust of the flesh, uh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Lust of the flesh has to do with gluttony and sexual sin. Uh, lust of the eyes has to do with greed, avarice. Okay, And then pride, pr the pride of life. And pride is connected with envy and anger and sloth and all. This. So I'm talking about the seven cardinal uh, vices. But in any event, you know, we have, uh, we have a couple of different kind of character groups that show up in the Gospels. We've got the sinners, okay? Mary Magdalene maybe traditionally has fallen into this category of the sinners. The sinners and tax collectors. And those are the people that are characterized by the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes. Uh, their sin is kind of obvious. It's like it's on the surface, you know, um, and people can, they, they get that these are bad people, okay. But the third element is the, is the element that's a little tougher to discern. It's the pride of life. And the Pharisees, uh, that's, that's what characterizes the Pharisees. So the Pharisees were not given to the lust of the flesh. Sometimes I think they might have been a bit greedy, so they might have been given a little bit to the, to the lust of the eyes. Uh, but uh, probably many Pharisees were, were not actually um, evidently sort of greedy type people. But it, what was prevalent amongst this kind of religious confraternity, if you will, it's basically what the Pharisees were, uh, was pride. And, uh, and that's what Christ is really denouncing here with great fervor, great vehemence. And why is he so almost kind of angry? Um, it's because uh, pride can cloak itself under um, uh, an external righteousness and it can go kind of submarine and kind of go undetected and uh, really do a lot of damage to people's souls and their eternal salvation. And he's saying they make a convert and they make him twice the son of Gehenna, which is basically hell. They make him a son of hell. So uh, pride is, is a very serious issue and it can lead someone to... Uh, to, to the loss of salvation. Today we celebrate the uh, commemoration of Mary's queenship. It's kind of like the octave end tale of the Assumption that we, be, we celebrated last Monday. And uh, Mary 
is participating in the authority of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus over the whole universe in a very unique and, and particular way. Um, and she is she has gone where all saints, where all of us are called. We are all called to participate in the authority of Jesus Christ, uh, to sit on thrones with with Him for eternity. And um, but that power, that kind of power and authority, comes through humility, and that's what Mary exercised. In contrast to the Pharisees, Mary, uh, being the holiest. Uh, human person in existence is the most humble human person in existence. And I've got uh, two sort of images or stories in my mind that illustrate this. Last uh, Monday was the Feast of the Assumption. Maybe some of you were there. I, I preached on um, on the Assumption, on the Blessed Virgin. And I talked about uh, a story of this man, um, uh, Roy Shoman, uh, who is, grew up as a, as a Jewish man. He's still a Jewish man. He converted to Catholicism. Uh, in response to two very profound mystical experiences that he had. Uh, the second one being an image of Mary. and uh, I'm sorry, a vision of Mary. And uh, in this vision of Mary, he got to, to sit down and talk with her for like 30 minutes and ask her anything he wanted to. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he grew up Jewish and he didn't, he didn't know much about Christianity, but he knew enough to know that this was the mother of Jesus, this, this is the Virgin Mary. So he talks to her and he asks her tons of questions. And the, one of the first things that was so impressive to him in this vision that he had of Mary was how majestic and regal and queen-like she was and how glorious she was. And he was like, how... How could this be? How can you be so amazing and so full of splendor and glory? And she says to him in the vision, she looks up, so her eyes point up to heaven. She says, I am nothing. He is everything. And so Mary, in her humility, her eyes pointed to God, knowing that whatever kind of excellence we might have. It's simply a participation in the one who is truly and most uh, fundamentally excellent, and that is God. And uh, in contrast to Mary with her eyes lifted to heaven, I think of the uh, Greek myth of Narcissus. And we probably know about this story. The Narcissus was this young man who was renowned for being very handsome. And he one day uh, saw his image in a reflected in a very still surface of a pool of water and he starts looking at himself <laughs> and he's very captivated by his own image and in fact he's so captivated by his image he actually he's fixated on it and he can't move from that spot and he just looks at himself and he forgets to eat and he eventually starves to death and dies okay so this is the contrast. Mary with her eyes to God, narcissist with his eyes completely fixed on himself. Not really, not a true image. I mean, just a reflection, like a shadow. So it's an illusion, really, kind in a certain sense. So the prideful person, um, uh, basically, the divine excellence is reflected all throughout creation, and the prideful person sees that divine excellence as reflected in himself. And but only sees that and doesn't notice it in others. The humble person doesn't look at him or herself, but looks at the divine excellence reflected first and foremost, well, you know, it's summed up in God himself who's the source, but then looks at it as reflected in others. 
and is able to humble himself and recognize and see, thinks of others uh, more highly than himself. That's what humility is, is regarding others more highly than oneself. Not paying attention to the excellence that's in you, but paying attention to the excellence that's in others. And uh, looking outward um, and really kind of bowing one's self before the excellence that's uh, apparent and manifest in others. And everybody has it. And we can find it in everybody if we're humble enough. Uh, you know, that guy who's in the bar and he's got tattoos all over himself and he drinks like a, a sailor and he swears and curses like a sailor? We could find some divine excellence in him and we can regard him better than ourselves. We really can if we are truly humble. Mary certainly could. And it's in that humility that we have true freedom, okay? Just like, you know, Mary is exalted in heaven. She's enjoying incredible power, authority, freedom. It's in humility that we have freedom and that we have real influence on others uh, because we're abiding in the truth and uh, we're able to be in relationship with others. We're able to love others from that place of humility, from that foundation of humility. The prideful person is stuck on himself or herself and is not able to, is inhibited greatly in their relationship with others, is inhibited greatly in their ability to love others, and consequently cannot really influence others and really is a slave and doesn't have authority, doesn't have power, doesn't have influence. So as we commemorate today the queenship of Mary, her exalted status, let's remember how she got there. Let's, let's be like her and have our eyes pointed up towards God, the source of all excellence, uh, and not be narcissists with our eyes fixated on ourselves, uh, enslaved, um, limited, and, and, and bound, and powerless, ultimately.